You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers update, the daily cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com and powered by Overtime Media. The daily cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet podcast, hosted by the one and only Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I am your host, JJ Leahy. So the breaking news is that the Minnesota Vikings traded a second round pick and a conditional fifth, which could end up turning into as high as a third round pick, for Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. Guys, this is why you need to be following me on Twitter, at J-J-L-A-H-E-Y. See, Vikings fans are doing cartwheels right now. You've seen some Bears and Packers and Lions fans who seem concerned about all this. And that's because you don't have the numbers. This is not a good trade for the Vikings. Now, what I do on this podcast is I break the news. I don't do a huge deep dive into all the analytics and commentary on Packers strategy. So I'm going to leave a lot of this breakdown to Ryan Schlipp. Make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast. The Pack Daddy is going to do a deep dive on this tomorrow, I'm sure. If you can't wait, go check out the YouTube channel, Pack Daddy NFL. There's already a video up over there. But here's the juicy part. ESPN and all the idiotic talking heads, they're going to tell you that Yannick Ngakwe is elite and the Vikings got a steal here. In fact, there's a tweet that keeps circulating. It's absolute garbage, but I'm going to read it off to you real quick anyways. This was written by Mr. Thomas R. Peterson on Twitter. It says, Yannick Ngakwe, since joining the NFL in 
2016. By the way, that right there is the important part. Has racked up 85 quarterback hits, most in the league. 37 and a half sacks, second most in the league. 14 forced fumbles, second most in the league. 42 tackles for lost, fourth most in the league. Vikings got a young star for a bargain price. This is garbage. Doesn't tell you anything. No Vikings fan would accept it if I stood up here and quoted Aaron Rodgers' stats from 2011 and said that's why he's going to tear apart your team this year. In 2017, the entire Jaguars defense was on fire. Every player overperformed their talent level. It's exactly same thing that happened in 2018 with the Chicago Bears. Yannick has regressed severely every year since. Make no mistake, the Minnesota Vikings today are better than they were yesterday, and they're a lot worse than they were last year. Yannick is not as good as Everson Griffin, who the Vikings lost over at pass rusher, and he's nowhere near the same level that Limbaugh Joseph was at stopping the run. And in fact, when it comes to affecting the quarterback, which is an edge rusher's primary job, there are seven pass rushers in the NFC North, who ranked higher in 2019 than Yannick Ngakwe did. Here are the seven edge rushers who pressured the quarterback on a higher percentage of their pass rush attempts. Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Khalil Mack, Trey Flowers, Robert Quinn, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Gary. Although, granted, Rashawn was very close. So calm down. The Bears and Vikings are probably going to be battling it out for third and fourth in the division. I still don't see the advantage that the Bears have in keeping two quarterbacks and two kickers. Maybe that's their secret weapon. Maybe I really am stupid. Now on to Packers news. I told you yesterday that the Packers are having a mock game today in Lambeau Field. We did hear about this a long time ago from Matt LaFleur. This is to replace the lost preseason games, which is normally the opportunity for the general manager and head coach to evaluate the talent they have and decide who stays and who goes. What that means is we might see a player or two cut today. The Packers have only one week left to get their roster down to 53 players. They're currently sitting at 80. Practice was interesting today. On the field, calling penalties. And there were a few. Cornerback Josh Jackson, in particular, continues to struggle in this area. He actually had a really rough day today, giving up one 45-yard touchdown in particular to a receiver who's pretty deep on the depth chart, aka not likely to make the team. That was Malik Taylor, an undrafted free agent who's been with the team for more than a year. The Packers picked him up about a year and a week ago. He had another missed coverage and allowed a 23-yard touchdown to Alan Lazard. A scary moment, Aaron Rodgers and Jamal Williams got tangled up and Rodgers limped off the field. He had his left foot checked out and got the all-clear to come back. Everybody take a deep breath. So Josh Jackson's not doing well. Kamal Martin, inside linebacker, is. As is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I've made no secret of my frustration with MVS and expressed my doubts he would even make the 53. However, he seems to be turning things around. If you missed yesterday's episode called What's the Plan with Wide Receiver, check that out for an interview with MVS's wide receiver coach. He talked about some of the problems that caused MVS to get benched last year, which really did confuse a lot of us fans. We didn't know what exactly was going on. Why did the coaches not like him? Well, courtesy of Jason Vrabel, we now know. And he talked about what Marquez has been doing to clean that up. 2020 is almost certainly MVS's last shot with the team. So hopefully he puts it together and finally becomes that deep threat he's always had the potential to be. Jordan Love has put together two straight practices in a row that looked great, and typical Lea is looking great. Watch for him to be a sleeper to make the final roster. Another player who's having a bizarrely quiet training camp is tight end Jay Sternberger. Andy Herman and a few other people were widely criticized for pumping up Robert Tanyan and saying he might end up being tight end one, and I don't think that criticism is unwarranted. But it does seem like Jace has been a little bit invisible. No reason to freak out, but keep your eye on it. Oh, and I forgot to mention Rashawn Gary. He had a crazy good day today, and that's just one of a several he's had. Andy Herman noted that although Rashawn Gary looked this good last year, a major difference between training camp last year and this year is that this year, Rashawn Gary looks just as good going up against the starters as he did against the twos and threes last year. Now I'm going to talk about Matt LaFleur. He's been heavily focused on minimizing injuries in training camp. The Packers did not have any live tackling today. LaFleur said he did consider it, but he didn't want to take the risk only two weeks away from the season opener at Minnesota. Quote, we want to have all our horses for the race coming in two 
weeks. LaFleur said yesterday he is planning to hold carded practices over the upcoming week, preparing specifically for the Vikings. LaFleur has been an extremely hands-on coach. We've seen him out there throwing balls, catching balls, lining up at linebacker, and trying to draw the defense off sides with an impressive hard count that rivaled Aaron Rodgers. Now, although it's nice to know that if this whole head coach thing doesn't work out, we could put Matt LaFleur out there at quarterback. Let's hear from the man himself about the value he sees in being so closely involved with his guys. I know we've asked you a few times about this, but I thought about it again today when I think Jordan sailed one over your head when you were playing uh, receiver. Um, did you make a conscious choice when you became a head coach that you wanted to keep some of your position coach style? I mean, I've covered the four head coaches before you, and I never saw any of them do this sort of thing. What are you getting out of it? What are you gleaning from those interactions that you wouldn't get if you just sort of took a CEO approach and oversaw practice? I just think it feels natural. Like I've talked about before, you know, I've been a position coach the majority of my career. So it just is natural. I I have a, a great passion specifically about the quarterback position, but I think it also helps, you know, strengthen your relationship with players, whether it's the quarterback or whether it's going down and throwing with the defensive backs or, you know, just chumming it up in the, in the stretch lines with the guys. I think that's an important part of this business. We're in a relationship business and these guys better know that you care about them and in, in order to get, I think, the most out of them. Coach LeFleur and Aaron Rodgers, for that matter, are young guys, millennials, and relationships really matter to them. By now, you've probably seen the footage of Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball back and forth with Jordan Love and giving him some pointers after he missed a throw. Keep in mind, Matt LeFleur was the quarterback coach who mentored rookies RG3 and Kirk Cousins over in Washington. He was also the offensive coordinator in 2017 for the Los Angeles Rams. This was Jared Goff's second year, and this was the year that he really broke out and started catching attention. Remember, in 2018, he tore the league apart and led the Rams to the Super Bowl. And LeFleur was also the quarterback coach for the Atlanta Falcons in 2016, the year Matt Ryan won MVP. So think about how excited Matt LaFleur looked when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, the quarterback Matt LaFleur wanted. And the next time you hear people in the media like Max Kellerman, Stephen A., Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, you know, the people who after the 2018 season said that Mitchell Trubisky was going to win an MVP in 2019. Talk about what a terrible pick Jordan Love was by the Green Bay Packers. Why don't you think about what everybody said about Aaron Rodgers when he was drafted? Here, to read off the draft profile of Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I got your draft profile. You excited about reading this? Yeah. I took wait. out all the good stuff. Why? Well, because... Oh, the, the good, the actual good stuff, not yeah. the good, bad stuff. Yeah. Okay. Right, so this is just bad stuff. Good. All right. So you get to read it. Thank you. Are we popcorn on this? By the way, Drew Brees read his a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he said, can I keep this? I I'm going to use this as sure. motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is actual comments made by Scouts Draft Profile, Aaron Rodgers. Gets sacked a lot, doesn't have ability to change the release of the football. Mechanically very rigid. He's a little too short. Jeff Tedford, coach quarterbacks. <laughs> Never pan out. Too well-schooled, very robotic. Don't become good pro players. Rodgers is the same mold. System quarterback. Ooh. Can't create on his own. Ouch. Panics under pressure, gets flustered easily. Wow. What bothers you the most from that profile? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it. I just know it's more that the funnier things are uh, very robotic. It's probably all unnamed people. By the way, Aaron just put that draft profile in his pocket, just <laughs> letting people know. Yeah, I could do put that in your locker now. Maybe I'm frame it. Of that. Yeah. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you subscribe to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. 
My name is JJ Leahy. You can follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy. And this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.